Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org friendshipwithgod.org or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. God says, yes, you're right. You have a family member and you do need help to be reminded and you need to be reminded of what the Lord Jesus Christ said to you. Enter Holy Spirit, your reminder. That's his job. God hears the prayers of asking for the Holy Spirit to help our failing memories with the Bible that we've forgotten. In John 16, 13, Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, but he will show you things to come. See, when we read and we study the Scriptures, we need guidance. We need to be guided into the truth. In this respect, we are just like the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts 8.30, where it says, and Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, how can I? Except some man should guide me. And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. When we read the scriptures, we're like that Ethiopian eunuch with the same question. We say that to God. God says to us, understandest thou what thou readest? And we say like the Ethiopian noon, how can I except some man guide me? Only for us, it's not some man who guides us, it's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit, he guides us into all truth. You know, several of my, it's interesting, these long discussions with Orthodox rabbis, we have a great relationship, we're each trying to convert each other. Anyway, several of my Orthodox rabbi friends tell me, you cannot understand the Bible on your own. They can say that like that. You can't understand on your own. Oh, who taught you? You know, which was the famous rabbi that taught you? You understand on your own? No, you can't. You have to be taught by a rabbi. I tell them I can understand my own. They say, how's that? I said, because of Proverbs 1.23, where God said, turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. God makes known his words directly by pouring out his spirit, which is the Holy Spirit. That's the one who guides us into all truth. See, God hears those prayers. Lord, send your Holy Spirit to guide me. God hears the prayers for help from the Holy Spirit. As it says, as we read just a minute ago in Romans 8, 14, Romans 8, 14 says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. See, when it says, very important promise, in Luke eleven thirteen, in Luke eleven thirteen, when it says, if ye then being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit unto him that ask him? Now, that can be misleading, because you could say, wait a minute, I thought I received the Holy Spirit when I was saved. How come I, what do you mean, receive him? Receive him again and again? It can be misleading, because of one word, the. It says, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? And the reason it's misleading is because it's not there in the Greek. 
It's not there in the original. It doesn't say give the Holy Spirit. It says gives Holy Spirit to them that ask him. Whenever in the Bible it speaks about Holy Spirit without the word the, it's referring to the help of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. As believers, we don't ask God to keep on giving us the Holy Spirit. We receive the Holy Spirit as conversion, which is called the baptism of the Spirit, of the Holy Spirit. There's one baptism, there are many fillings. There's many times when he helps us to be filled with the Holy Spirit is to obey God and to experience the help of the Holy Spirit. God hears prayers when we ask him for teaching. In Job 36, 22, it says, Behold, God exalteth by his power. Who teacheth like him? That's what Job said. Who teacheth like him? See, in Psalm 94, 12, it says, Blessed is the man whom thou chastenest, O Lord, and teachest him out of thy law. So chastening kind of goes along with the two. We don't like that, but that's part of the program. See? In Isaiah 54, 13, all thy children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of thy children. It's a big shalom to be taught by the Lord. God hears the prayers for asking for help for self-control. We need self-control. We got tongues that are out of control. We got thoughts that are out of control. You know, we're not so nice. And Job 6.24 says, teach me and I'll hold my tongue and cause me to understand wherein I have erred. And we don't even know the damage and the mistakes we've made. But, but, but Job says, show me where I did it. Show me where I went wrong. And God hears those prayers. And God hears the prayers of asking for help to stop sinning. And God hears the prayers of asking for help for stop sinning when we don't know we're sinning. <laughs> he says in Job 34, 32, that which I see not, teach thou me. If I have done iniquity, I will do no more. In other words, we say, Lord, I don't even know I'm sinning, so teach me. And when you show me, I won't do it anymore. See Psalm 19, 12. Who can understand his ways? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. Secret faults. God hears those prayers. God hears the prayers asking for teaching to do his will. I want to do his will. He hears those prayers. Psalm 143, 10. Teach me to do thy will. For thou art my God. Thy spirit is good. Lead me into the land of uprightness. Psalm 86, 11, teach me thy way, O Lord. I will walk in thy truth. Unite my heart to fear thy name. No more divided hearts. No more divided interests. No more double-sidedness. Just united. God hears the prayer to give good judgment, good knowledge, judgment, good judgment and knowledge. I need, ju- I need good judgment to be able to make good decisions here and knowledge. God hears those prayers. In Psalm 119, 66, teach me good judgment and knowledge for I have believed thy commandments. God especially hears the prayers that say, teach me more about Jesus, more about the Lord Jesus Christ, more about Jesus would I know. As it says in Ephesians 4.20, but ye have not so learned Christ. God hears the prayers to help to live a godly life, resist the world. God hears those prayers, as it says in Titus 2.11, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Looking for, teach me to have the looking for, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. See, God hears those prayers. God hears the prayers for how do I deny ungodliness, God? 
Teach me how to deny worldly lust. Teach me how to live righteously, soberly, and teach me how to live in this world and hope for your return. God hears those prayers. These are the prayers that God hears, and Leah dedicated the naming of her second son, Simeon, to the life principle that God hears prayers. Now, in the naming of her third son, Leah has become intensely aware of God's interest in joining or reconciliation. In verse 34, she calls him Levi, means join. She's teaching us that the life principle is God is interested, not in judging man, he's interested in saving man. As the Lord Jesus Christ said, for God so loved the world in John 3, 16, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. See, in 2 Peter 3, 9, God's not slack concerning his promises. Some men count slackness, but it's long-suffering to us, word, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And in 1 Timothy 2, 4, God will have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So what we see in the name, in, as we look into that name of Levi, as we see, oh, she named him Levi, good, Leah, you're teaching us our calling is to be joiners. Our callers to be joiners, as Scripture uh, it calls us to be joiners. And the Lord Jesus Christ said in Mark 1.17, Jesus said unto them, come ye after me, I'll make you to become fishers of men. That's an interesting word, become. Follow the Lord Jesus Christ means that he will make us to become fishers of men. He'll make us to become Levi's, joiners of men to God. That means he'll make us to be what we are not naturally in ourselves. See, we're misled when we look at ourselves and say, I could never do sales work, you know? When I walk onto the car lot there, the salesman comes up to me and says, hi, how are you today? I'm so glad to see you. And you know he's not. But anyway, let me show you how your life is incomplete without this car. <laughs> see, I just wanted to see the car. I didn't want to learn about my life being incomplete. And we feel like he's in our face and he's in our space and he's pushing us along and kind of feel a little offended, you know? And we say, I don't have those abilities. I'm glad I don't. And have a salesman, and I, ne- I never could be a salesman. But the salesman's really, when you get it down to it, he's a persuader. He's kind of like a fisher of men, you know. But, and fishers of men are persuaders. And the problem is we look at ourselves and we say, I don't have the abilities. I don't have the abilities. I can't be a fisher of men because I don't have the abilities. Well, that's why the word become is so important. Because the Lord Jesus Christ said, if you follow me, I'll make you to become fishers of men. It's wrong for us to look at ourselves and say, I don't have the natural abilities to persuade men. See, the issue is not what we think our natural abilities are. The issue is, what are the abilities of God to make us fishers of men? The issue is not, are we sufficient in ourselves? The issue is, how sufficient is God to make us sufficient to be the fishers of men? And this is what Paul was saying in 2 Corinthians 3.5. In 2 Corinthians 3.5, He says, not that we are sufficient in ourselves to think anything is of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God, who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament. So when I look at myself, I don't say, to be a persuader of man, I look at myself and see, well, can I do that? No. When I look at myself, I say, to be a persuader of man, I look at myself and I see, I can't do that, but then I look at God and say, he can do that through me. And God will make us able persuaders. He'll make us able ministers of the New Testament. What's a minister of the New Testament? Well, what's the New Testament? 
What's the New Testament? The Lord said in Luke 22, 20, likewise also the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. The New Testament is the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ shed for the remission of sins, shed for the forgiveness of sins. See, a minister of the New Testament is a person who brings sinners into trusting the Lord Jesus Christ. He brings them under the blood, the Passover picture, under the blood of the New Testament so they can be forgiven for their sins. See, the Old Testament was, keep these 10 commandments, you can go to heaven. That's the Old Testament. The New Testament is, trust in the Lord Jesus Christ who kept the 10 commandments and who died for you and shed his blood for you and you go to heaven. The difference between the Old and the New Testament is now that you failed the Old Testament (laughs) of keeping the law, you come to the New Testament of the Lord Jesus who kept the law and died for you. That's the difference. So what's our motivation? What's our motivation to be a Levite, to be a joiner of men to God? What's our motivation? Our motivation is given to us in 2 Corinthians 5.10. In 2 Corinthians 5.10, it says, we must all, that means all, We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that every one of us may receive the things done in his body according to he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. But we are made manifest unto God. I trust also made manifest in your consciences. See, our motivation is to persuade men. It's the knowledge of the terror of the Lord. What does it mean, the terror of the Lord? What terror? To know the terror of the Lord is to know that everyone's going to appear before this judgment seat of Christ. To know the terror of the Lord is to know that the Lord Jesus has all the power for judgment. He's the sole judge. To know the terror of the Lord is to know that there will be a great alarm as people find themselves judged with no defense and cast into hell for eternity. And the more we know that terror, the more we will persuade men. To persuade men does not mean to push them. It means to talk with them. It means to bring the truths of the scriptures to them. It means to reason with them. It means to befriend them. It means to appeal to their conscience, appeal to their consideration. It means to pray for them. It means to care for them. It means to bring them the truths of the Bible. That's what God did. God brought his truths to us when it says the word became flesh. And that's what we do when we're in a persuader of men. When we persuade men, the word becomes flesh. When I get up and preach, I say, Lord, make the word become flesh. God sees our motives in persuading men. And that's what it means when it says we are made manifest unto God. People see our motives too. They see our motives. And that's what it means when Paul says, and I trust we also are made manifest in your consciences. The us is a Levi, us is the word becoming flesh. That's 2 Corinthians 5.20. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled, be Levi'd to God. The word becoming flesh is the Lord Jesus Christ in us as the word, using our flesh to beseech others to be reconciled to God. Now, In this last verse of this chapter, we consider how Leah gave birth to to Judah. She conceived again, bare a son. She said, now praise the Lord. She calls his name Judah. It's astounding for us when we read this verse and we couple it together with verse 31. Leah was hated. Leah was hated. The hated wife gives birth to Judah. Jacob despised Leah. The despised wife gives birth to Leah. I'm sorry, Judah. 
Judah. Who was Judah? Judah was the promised seed that God told Abraham about in Genesis 12, 3. First thing God told Abraham says, I'm going to bless them that bless thee, curse them that curse thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. See, that's the greatest promise that God made to Abraham. It was that through his seed, all the families of the earth would be blessed. Abraham wondered about this when he gave the promise. He didn't have any seed. When God spoke to Abraham more, he looks at Abraham and talking about Abraham in Genesis 18, 18, Genesis 18, 18, he says, seeing Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation. All the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. See, God's saying, I look at Abraham, I see Abraham. What do I see in Abraham? I see that his seed is going to bless all the nations of the earth. God cares about all the families of the earth. God cares about all the nations of the earth. And he says, Abraham, you're the key. And this is how Abraham was seen by God. And when God spoke again to Abraham, it's that point he called out in Genesis twenty-two eighteen. Genesis twenty-two eighteen, And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. And later again, God spoke to Abraham and renewed this most important point to Abraham in Genesis 26, 4. I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars of heaven. Give unto thy seed all these countries, and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. That's the most important point about Abraham's promise. All the nations would be blessed by Abraham's seed. So from Abraham's seed would come the person through whom all men would be blessed. And from Abraham's seed would come the person who all nations would call him blessed, as David said in Psalm 72, 17, that his name shall endure forever, his name shall be continued as long as the sun, and the man shall be blessed in him, all nations shall call him blessed. So through Abraham's seed, there's coming the blesser of all the nation, and the question is, who's the seed? And so this, you know, this last week I was discussing with, again, an Orthodox rabbi in Brooklyn, and he's telling me, you know, I'm interested in you because you're from the Lithuanian line of the Kantorovich rabbis, and I want to see you come back to Judaism. I said, oh, I feel so honored. Anyway, (laughs) but then he goes on to say, but we Orthodox Jews, we do not try to convert Christians. We tell Christians, just be good Christians. We Orthodox Jews do not try to convert anyone. And I told him, I said, well, I know. I told him, I said, I said, that's not what you should be doing. Because God said about the Jewish people that there would come one from the seed of Abraham and he would bless all the nations. I told them the reason you Orthodox Jews do not try to convert anyone is because you don't have the blessing of the nations. You don't have the blessing that God promised that would come through Abraham. When the Orthodox Jews rejected their Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, they cast away from them the one who God promised would come through Abraham and be the blessing of the nations. That's why the Orthodox Jews don't try to convert anyone. So I don't blame you. What do you got to give them? Now, we know who this special person is. We know who this seed of Abraham is because we see him in Revelation 7, 9. After this, I beheld and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues stood before the throne, before the lamb, clothed in white robes and palms in their hands. But Abraham couldn't see that when God made that promise to him. And ever since God made the promise that through his seed would come the one who would bless all the nations, Abraham wondered. Abraham wondered, who could this seed be? And as soon as Isaac uh, was born, he said, oh, Isaac, okay. And then as soon as Isaac, he understood the promise that through his seed would come this great promised blesser of the nations, Isaac wondered, who could this seed be? And then it took a little time, but finally Isaac understood it was really Jacob, not Esau. And then as soon as Jacob understood this promise, that his seed would come, this great promised blesser of the nations, Jacob wondered, who could this person be? And with the birth of each of Jacob's son, Jacob wondered, 
I wonder if this is the seed that God promised that through him this great promised blesser of the nation is going to come. And the amazing truth is that when Judah was born, Jacob had to wonder no further because it was Judah. It was Judah that through him would come this great promised blesser of the nations. But verse 34 tells us that Judah was the son of Leah. And verse 31 tells us that Leah was hated. So when Jacob looked at Leah, he looked at the woman he hated. And when Jacob looked at Leah's sons, he looked at the children from the woman he hated. And he says, can there any good thing come out of Leah? (laughs) And when Jacob looked at Leah's sons, he was prejudiced against them because they came from the woman he hated, not from the woman he loved. That's why Jacob's favorite son was Joseph, because he came from the woman he loved, Rachel, and not from the woman he hated, Leah. That's why Jacob held on to Benjamin and said, oh, no, you can't take him down to Egypt. He's the last one I have from the woman I loved, Rachel. Jacob was convinced, Joseph, it's Joseph, it's Joseph. He's the promised seed through whom all the great, the great blessing, promised blessing is going to come. And Jacob was blind to seeing it was really Judah from Leah, the one he, lo- he hated, that, that was the promised blesser of the nations. It was only on Jacob's deathbed, the day of his death, on his deathbed, his eyes are open, and he sees how wrong he had been to disregard Judah just because he came from the woman he hated. And on that day, the day of his death, he says in Genesis 49.8, he says, Judah, he says, of all people, Judah, thou art he whom thy brethren shall praise. Thy hand shall be in the neck of thine enemies. Thy father's children shall bow down before thee. Every knee shall bow. But Judah was from the woman that Jacob hated. And Jacob was prejudiced against Judah because he was from the woman he hated. And that's a picture of the Jewish people today. Just as Jacob looked at the despised Leah and said, so good things going to come from Leah, so the Jewish people, they look at everything about the Lord Jesus Christ. Nazareth, in John 1:46, can there any good thing come from Nazareth? You know, Mary and Joseph, you got to be kidding me. You know, and just as Leah was despised, so the Lord Jesus Christ was despised from Isaiah 49, 7. Thus saith the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel and his Holy One, to him whom man despiseth, to him whom the nations abhorreth, to a servant of rulers, kings shall see and arise. Princes shall also worship because of the Lord that is faithful, the Holy One of Israel. He shall choose thee. God chose Leah. Judah was born. God chose the Lord Jesus Christ. It's him. Every knee shall bow. Isaiah 53, he was despised and rejected of men. Isaiah 50, verse 6, I gave my back also to the smiters, the cheeks to them that plucked off the beard. I hid not my face from shame and spitting. Psalm 22, 6, I'm a worm, and no man a reproach of men and despise of the people. Psalm 69, 20, reproach hath broken my heart. I'm full of heaviness. I looked for some to take pity. There was none. Comforters, I found none. Mark 9, 12, where he speaks directly, he says, it is written of the Son of Man, he must suffer many things and be set at naught. Leah was hated. God chose that from Leah, the hated one, would come the one to bless the nations. The Lord Jesus Christ was the hated one, and he's the one God chose to bless the nations. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your faithfulness, Lord, to save us from our sins. And Lord, we thank you that uh, even though he came unto his own and his own received him not, thank you that nevertheless, to as many as received him, to them you gave the power to become the sons of God. In Jesus' name, amen. (music) 
another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional verse. Now, Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. Or you can write Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711-330, P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, California. That's S-A-N-T-E-E, Santee, California, 92071. Or you can email Tom Cantor at Tom Cantor. That's T-O-M-C-A-N-T-O-R, Tom Cantor, at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Thanks for listening to Friendship with God with Tom Cantor. Do you have a heart for Israel and lost Jewish people in America? Then come work in Southern California as a full-time or volunteer missionary working with Tom Cantor in Israel Restoration Ministries, reaching lost Jewish people with their Jewish Messiah, Jesus Christ. Hourly wage, 401k, health insurance, company car and phone, and other amazing benefits. Call us, 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051, israelrestoration.org.